It's time to get in the zone. The Fantasy Football Zone. Hey guys, where else would you rather be? Get involved with the show by following us on Twitter at DraftThatGuy. Want a piece of that championship? Put it in here. This is the Fantasy Football Zone. And welcome into this week's edition of the Fantasy Football Zone. And again, Corey Smith joining us from RotoWire. And just another interesting week here for fantasy as we get ready. We're right in at the playoff stretch. Inching closer, getting towards Thanksgiving. We know the style of football changes. You can run the ball, you can play defense. Get a different part of the NFL season and the fantasy season as we get close to the uh, Week 13 playoffs. Unless you're the Chicago Bears offense, you can't do either. Yeah, it's, it's been brutal, and it was again Monday night. Of course, Foles getting hurt. Some good news from Nagy that uh, it's not going to be long-term potentially, though. Yeah, so, I mean, let, we all hope for the positive results on the offensive end, but I'll tell you what, it's it's been rough watching them the last couple of weeks. But we're going to start off here, you know, a big injury. And a guy we kind of question, is this towards the end of his career or not? But the last couple of weeks, he's really come out. Put up some good games, and that's Drew Brees. But then the big injury happens against the 49ers this past Sunday, and it looks like he's going to miss some time here. Yeah, after some additional testing early in the week, it looks like with the multiple fractured ribs, he's going to be out at least two weeks is Brees. Also a collapsed lung. So, you know, Sean Payton, he wasn't showing much. Uh, when asked who's starting this week against the Falcons, he said, uh, you know, I'm eating a bagel. Don't bother me. I, I don't, I'm not thinking about it. He wouldn't provide an answer, but, I mean, it's got to be – I'm thinking Jameis Winston 90% of the time with freeze out. See, yeah, I'm leaning that way, but I also know they paid a lot of money for Taysom Hill to keep him there the next couple years. And I don't know if that meant he's going to be playing some more snaps at quarterback or not, especially in this kind of situation. But, yeah, with Jameis, I I know they were a little disappointed, it looked like, in how he performed when he came in last week. But I got to expect, I mean, he's had some pretty big games against the Falcons in his career. I mean, uh, an opponent he he knows, plus you could do some other things with Taysom Hill. So, yeah, I'm with you. I'm leaning with Jameis on this one. Yeah, I mean, $16 million guaranteed for Hill. I think they mix him in with, you know, five, six passes in the game. But one little nugget that's an interesting note, if you're in a deeper league, especially on ESPN.com for fantasy, Taysom Hill just this week being tagged as both a quarterback and a tight end. So <laughs> if you were super desperate at tight end, I mean, it is a wasteland, depending on the week, uh, worse than others, but... Just two and a half points this week. The preceding two before that, 15-point and 10-point fantasy Adams for Taysom Hill. So you're desperate at tight end. You could get a little bit creative with him. Yeah, that reminds me of uh, a couple of years ago on Yahoo, uh, the Jalen Samuels designation when he was with the, when he took over the Steelers' backfield, but they had him still labeled as a tight end. So you could you basically started a running back at tight end, and I think he did put up some decent numbers towards the end of that season. But it's funny how they uh, get some of these designations sometimes. Yeah, that was a sneaky one. I think he played at tight end in college or something. I don't yes. know if they ever used yeah. him there when he actually played with the Steelers. But sometimes, you know, we get these little breaks, and especially this season, we can use it more than ever at that position of tight end. All right, so, you know, that's one big injury in New Orleans. Carolina, once again, Christian McCaffrey missed last week. Thought maybe he might be coming back. Nope, they ruled him out today. He will not be there against the Lions, which is just a – would have been a salivating matchup to go against that Lions rush defense. Certainly. They've been bad both on the ground and versus the pass in terms of defending running backs. 
seemed like he was going to probably be out. Seemed like in between a doubtful designation somewhere near that Rappaport thing. Coming into Wednesday, it was unlikely he would practice. So it seems he was doubtful, now confirmed, as you said. That means Mike Davis, as we know, 675 scrimmage yards, four touchdowns this season as a replacement for McCaffrey. That one or two games where he kind of worked alongside him. McCaffrey went down early week two. But, yeah, it's Mike Davis this week once again. He himself briefly exited with a thumb injury against the Bucks this past Sunday, but able to return and looks like Mike Davis. Good to go. Really set up well against the Lions. And one note with Davis, too. I, I just saw this, and, you know, he hasn't been as productive pass catching as he was earlier on the season, but he's still second in the lead behind Alvin Kamara. I think he's got 47 receptions out of the backfield. So, I mean, that's how much production he put on in the early weeks, hoping maybe he can put, turn some of that around and uh, help your team out uh, come in the next coming weeks here if he's got to continue filling for McCaffrey. That's unbelievable. I mean, yes. tomorrow this week, more and more, I'm hearing his name in the MVP buzz. So the fact that he's second to only him, uh, Davis to Kamara, that's pretty incredible. And on the ground, too, in addition to what Davis can do out of the backfield, Detroit, the 30th-ranked rush defense, 141 and a half yards per game allowed. So in all regards, just a beautiful matchup for Davis. And for the Cowboys, maybe some good news here. Andy Dalton uh, coming off the COVID list, and he is expected to uh, be starting uh, this week against the Vikings. Yeah, Coach Mike McCarthy saying that he's coming off the COVID list. Had that concussion in week seven. He's been on the list in the inactive list for the COVID reasons since November 3rd. Now, two and seven Cowboys, they're still in the mix despite losing four straight. All four, of course, after Dak went down with that ankle injury week five. Dalton, Danucci, Gilbert, it's been a carousel so far in his absence. Gilbert looked okay against the Steelers before the bye, but I'm thinking they're going to lean Dalton. We'll see. I mean, they're still in this race, so I'd be surprised if they don't go Dalton when he's ready to go. And speaking of the COVID list, I just saw this flash across about an hour ago that the Raiders defense, a lot of the main starters are going to be placed on the COVID list. Now, if they continue to test negative here, they will be able to go this week. But that could be a very interesting development if a lot of those starters are out this week. That's huge, especially going up against the Chiefs. Yeah. Trying to repeat. I mean, they upset them the first first time around, I think 40 to 32 Raiders pulled off the upset, and now the NFL in response. We've got the Raiders situation. We've had things pop up in recent weeks, but of course, coming up, we've got Thanksgiving next week, and some people may wanting to get together. <laughs> you yeah. do not like to hear that, but it's tempting. The NFL putting in more strict restrictions than ever before. Right now, they're calling it intensive protocol. You know, no mm-hmm. extra locker room activity, masks all the time on the field. They're really taking extra steps here, but yeah, the Raiders. Could be out of luck for this Sunday against the Chiefs. And uh, updating the note from last week, Attack McKinley, we thought that was going to be, uh, well, an interesting signing for the Bengals. Turns out not to be because he couldn't f- pass the physical. Maybe better for him in the long haul. <laughs> he gets to reunite with former coach or OC Kyle Shanahan. I think his rookie season, he was still there uh, via pro football talk, it sounds like. And now official, the 49ers bringing him in. So Tack quickly bounced from Cincinnati. We were joking. He's probably pissed the Bengals signed him. Well, <laughs> don't have to worry about it. Hopefully he can stick in San Fran if he can get his body right. And this interesting note, too, and I was talking to a friend of mine, and this might actually be the most watched Pro Bowl in years because uh, they're changing it up. It's going to be virtual this year thanks to uh, Madden 21, and uh, this will be interesting to see. This will be interesting. 
First cancellation of the Pro Bowl since 1949. Planning on resuming next year in Vegas if they can get it off in 2022. But for this season, at least they'll be hitting, Paul. I mean, they're not going to be playing touch football, flag football. It's gotten to a point the last couple of years with the Pro Bowl. It has been kind of tougher to watch because they've really taken it down a level to avoid injury, which is understandable. Yeah, and it's going to be fun. And I already see with the Pro Bowl voting, uh, some Jaguar fans have hit Reddit, and they are trying to recruit fans of the Packers, of the Bears, of the Lions, and other teams that are maybe rivals of the Vikings. They are trying to get Nagaku into the uh, Pro Bowl, so it costs them a draft pick. I just saw that as well today, and I'm like, okay, I give it to their fan base because if he gets voted to the Pro Bowl, then the uh, fourth round, or I think the fifth round draft pick they get next year is actually going to move up to a fourth or a third round tri- pick, depending on how the Ravens finish this year. Very interesting. Yes. He's at five, five sacks so far, so he's kind of in the mix. You know, he's not lighting it up like all pro level, but. Yes. He's certainly in the conversation so far and a big ad for the Ravens. So if you get all these fan bases voting voting for him to try to screw over one team on a draft pick, that that will be a wonder how then GMs will proceed with trades after that, especially with those kind of attachments to picks. Very interesting. And I know there's a certain <laughs> portion of the Pro Bowl vote that's attributed to fans, a certain amount that goes to coaches and players. Yeah, we might have to readdress this depending <laughs> on how this situation works out with Ngakwe and the and the Jags. This is very interesting because it, you know, social media has a huge influence. But in terms of it actually providing draft capital to a team, that would be very intriguing. Hey, they got Peyton Hillis on the cover of Madden a couple years ago, so I mean that that could help out. And that was just the start for Peyton, as yes. we know. <laughs> Yes, it was. So some of the acts, I know that's that one year he had. <laughs> it was all that. It was all that season. That one season yep. we got on the cover, and uh, <laughs> oh, that was all we heard. Well, the games that uh, happened last week, some pretty good ones. We're going to start off with the game that you know it was a great finish, probably the game of the year so far. It was the Cardinals and the Bills back and forth. The Bills go down. Stephon Diggs scores a touchdown. Looks like they're going to you know good position to win the game. And Kyler Murray and DeAndre Hopkins say nope. And the big win for the Cardinals on that hail Mary. The hail Mary we heard. <laughs> 40 times this week. The crazy enough thing was the catch. You know, we've heard so much about it. Triple coverage. Bad job not knocking it down. That's what you hear at all levels. Knock it down. And two of those guys, it seemed like we're trying to catch it. But the scramble by Murray to get out of the pocket. I shouldn't say scramble, but the evasion. Yes. Stumbling, staying on his feet. I don't think the Cardinals had a timeout left. So if he'd gone down with all those receivers down the field, I mean, that would have been Maybe it. So a huge play for Murray on top of obviously Hopkins getting a lot of deserved credit this week. And just the throw, the way he threw that ball with his body. I mean, that was not a way you want a guy to throw the ball. And for him to throw it off balance like that and just get it into the end zone at that point, that was amazing. Exactly. Going the opposite way, rolling left as a right-hand thrower. The, the gambling edge here, the gambling bit, <laughs> yep. a lot of places, we had them at minus two in our bet, so we split. A lot of places had Cardinals minus two at home. Arizona decides to kneel it down instead of risking a blocked kick, and maybe the Bills bring it back for two points. They decided to kneel it, ends as two-point win for the Cardinals, so devastating if you took the Cardinals minus two and a half. Yes, it was. 
the Monday Nighter Vikings and Bears. And oh my goodness, like we said, the Bears offense terrible at one point in the second half. I think they had like negative three yards at one point going into the fourth quarter. It ain't getting much better after that. I mean, they're thankful to be in that game because of Cordero Patterson's 104-yard kick return. 100%. Yeah, they were lifeless again. No touchdowns on offense. Two field goals on top of the Patterson return. I thought it was initially a shoulder issue with Foles the way he went down, but actually gluten hip, as we mentioned at the top, Nagy saying he's day-to-day and he's not likely to actually go on injured reserve at this point. We saw Gray come in. He got him down there. He got a first down for him, but a couple questionable passes. Mm-hmm. He makes Trubisky, you know, Trubisky look like a borderline pro bowler. What's going to happen here? I mean, they've got the bye. They're sitting at 5-5. Five and five. I think they started 4-1. and one. What Can Trubisky give him any life? Bulls the only hope, or is it just lost at sea, Paul? That's the question. Like, they were, they were seemed like definitely a wild card team couple weeks back and now it's just the offense we were afraid they were going to be they have manifested in reality i know they invested a lot in Foles, getting him over uh, to the you know signing the trade and all that stuff with the jaguars and the so-called competition they had to begin the season and then they named trubisky the starter only to replace him after two games but i think at this point i think they got to go back to trubisky he just he gives them a little more because he can move he can he can get them Give a little option if he needs to run and take off, he can do that. Well, right now, Nick Foles, I I don't think so. He is a statue out there. That offensive line isn't great either. David Montgomery, I know he was out this game, but the Bears running game is giving you nothing. And I feel sorry for all the Allen Robinson fantasy owners out there because this guy should be in the top five for receiving stats all the time. Great talent. And he, right now, he's he doesn't have a single quarterback who can pass him the ball. No, it's been brutal. And his agent tweeting during the game. Ah. Yeah, throw it to number 12 in the red zone, would you? Yeah. Please. Yes. I mean, he's the only guy out there that can't get him the ball. And I agree with you. I think after the bye, Foles is better in those spots where he comes off the bench, he comes in yeah. where you don't expect him. We kind of saw this coming, I feel like. You're going to run him out there, what, 10 straight weeks? He's not that kind of player at this stage of his career. Mm-hmm. Give him a little bit to hopefully recover. It is a big break for them that he's still has a chance to play this season and maybe in two weeks against the Packers. And besides from two matchups against the Packers, which is brutal the rest of the way, they've got the Lions, Vikings, Jaguars, and Texans. So yeah. four winnable games. The Vikings are looking a lot better, as we know, but they could win three or four of those games and get themselves back in the wild card mix, but they got to get it, got to get it right. I'd go to Trubisky for a couple weeks and see how he rolls. And on the Minnesota side of things, uh, you know, the offense continues to roll here. Kirk Cousins' uh, first win on Monday night, that was a big deal. I know got a game ball from Coach Mike Zimmer after the game and all that. But, uh, I mean, they are starting to roll a little bit here. Where earlier on the season it was looking a little shaky, a little rough, but uh, they're on a nice little streak here. Three straight, all in division I don't know if they can catch the pack at this point. They, Probably not. I couldn't believe they beat them a couple weeks back. That was, But no more head-to-head matchups the rest of the way. Yep. So that limits the possibilities there a bit. The next three weeks, though, Cowboys, Panthers, we're, we're looking at Brett, uh, Bridgewater. Yep. We don't know if Teddy's going to play. We'll see. But Cowboys, Panthers, Jaguars, the next three weeks for Minnesota. Can they get to 7-5? and five? I mean, they look dead in the water. Kirk is showing a lot more life. 292, two through the air in this one. And Justin Jefferson, everything is working for him. 
on all levels, Paul. He's just, it's been a dream. I, I thought he would be really good this year, but he's had a couple off weeks. For the most part, he just looks unbelievable. Yeah, when he's on, he's going to give you big numbers. Now, like you said, those off weeks, yeah, they're going to be a little bit lower. But, yeah, the last, you know, when he goes, they go to him. Now, he, some people might get a little frustrated. He's not getting the touchdowns. Adam Thielen's getting the touchdowns in the red zone and all that. But I, I think you'll be rewarded with Jefferson down the stretch with some of these matchups coming up. Yeah, a couple easy ones the next couple weeks. And Cook, even on a sluggish night, uh, under four yards per carry, closer to three yards per carry, still gets you 15 fantasy points. Pretty good day as a pass catcher. So he's just unbeatable. Davin Cook, one of those two or three guys, prime real estate, cannot beat that kind of elite running back in fantasy. Patriots and Ravens, that was just <laughs> just one of those weather matchups that uh, can cause all kinds of heck for your fantasy team because you, you don't, going in, you don't know what to expect and what kind of scores guys are going to put up for you, and that's kind of what the game was for you. Yeah, cats and dogs in this one. It was rough, and this is not away from what we've been seeing from Jackson. I mean, this was a little bit of an easier matchup compared to the Chiefs and Pittsburgh, who they've already lost to this season. But, you know, it's another tough AFC team, a perennial competitive AFC team in the Patriots who they just cannot beat. And that's the Titans coming up this week, another test for the Ravens. And Jackson, look, he's still got it done. He had over 20 fantasy points despite just the absolute downpour. It's the question. Now they're, they're heading back towards 500. They're 6-3 and three now. Titans, Steelers, and Browns the next three weeks for Baltimore. So it's not getting much easier. What What is the secret sauce here, Paul? Is there any hope for a Super Bowl this season for the Ravens? Or can they just not? I don't know. New England's not an elite team. They're just a frisky, good team this year. But can the Ravens win a Super Bowl this season? Is there is there any hope with Jackson right now at quarterback? Well, you brought up the good stat last week where he really turned it on the second half of the season. And he could be one of those players where, you know, obviously on the primetime matchups, he's taken some key losses. But maybe down, you know, when we get past week 11, week 12, that's when he turns it on. I still think he's too he's really talented to not, you know, give up on him entirely. So I think he's gonna produce for you. That Ravens defense is gonna keep him in any game for the most part. So I won't give up on him now. Yeah, it's a little discouraging again. The passing yards are not, you know, it was a little better, I guess, this week than it was the week before. Those rushing numbers I mean, the Ravens rushing offense, that's the thing that's got me a little concerned. Maybe our expectations were, you know, sky high for what the NFL record they did last year. Again, we've been pounding on the JK Dobbins bandwagon and uh, not much from him last week. In fact, not much from the whole rushing attack from Baltimore and all last week. So I guess that's where I guess my concern might be right now is that running attack. And I know Ingram's a little banged up, but it's not where it was a year ago. Yeah, that's been brutal with Dobbins. We we were all over him. Mm-hmm. And especially with Ingram out of the mix, you would think now is the time he's going to capitalize. He's had that one – he had one huge game with 100 rushing yards to Dobbins. Against Pittsburgh, Another, of all teams. Yeah. That, <laughs> I mean – that's unpredictable. Are you going to be rolling him out there that week against Pittsburgh? So I don't know how many people had him starting in, if you weren't in a deeper league. Yeah, the Patriots did a pretty good job of containing Baltimore on the ground in this game. And again, the Pittsburgh blueprint, or sorry, the New England blueprint, running the ball. It's a downhill team. Yeah. The last three weeks, they're at 173 rushing yards per game. 
that pace would put them at number one in the NFL. So New England getting downhill, limiting Cam to 20, 25 passes, and him being efficient, that's that's the script, and that's what they need to do to get to nine wins and have hope at the playoffs. But you know what? I'm still not comfortable if I have to start a Patriots running back because I don't know if it's going to be Damiers, if it's going to be Rex Burkhead, James White. I mean, that that's still that roulette thing you're playing with. So I, I know they're putting up good numbers. I just still don't know which one to trust. It's, it's really unpredictable week to week, and we've even talked about Cam's legs in the red zone He's had a couple. He's had six rushing touchdowns already, I believe. The one thing I will say on Harris, he's had double-digit carries in his last four appearances, so that's not terrible. And over 70 rushing yards in three straight. The one thing, super efficient too. Six appearances this year, over five yards per carry in five of those six. Burkhead, we know he never fumbles. He has those 37-point fantasy weeks, and then he has four the next. Yeah, I'd hold on to Harris. I think he has the most value right now. Uh, going into this matchup against Houston, but unpredictable, that's an understatement. I think he is who I'd want Harris, but yeah, it's it's a split committee. Up next, the Giants and the Eagles. What is up with the Eagles? I mean, they were on a bye week. I thought they would have no issues with the Giants. Elshon Jeffrey coming back, you know, getting a little more healthier from some of their injuries from the season, and uh, they come off the bye week, they lay a dud as the Giants come in and they roll them. Eagles are just looking terrible right now. I mean, Doug Peterson is getting roasted on on radio today. He he's pissed. I, I would be pissed. They're they're looking really bad. Wentz he just looks lost at sea right now. Yeah, they're still. It, it's amazing. They're still in first place. <laughs> That's Eagles. right. And it feels like after that win, everyone's conversation sounds like the Giants overtook first place. Still, the Eagles are technically in first, but upcoming now, they've got the Browns. I could see them winning that game, but certainly could see them losing that game. And then it's the Seahawks, Packers, Saints, and Cardinals. So they're going into just a gauntlet of maybe the four best teams in the NFC they're going to have to face after the Browns this week. So the Eagles... It's going to be a come-to-Jesus moment, or it's going to be hell to pay. And what what's Peterson's status? I mean, I you have to yeah. hold on to him as coach. I, Philly yeah. is just such a tough city. I think it's just so overblown. I mean, the Super Bowl, playoff appearance, and another win in the playoffs. He's a good coach. It's just there's so many injuries on the offensive line. That Would you agree, Paul? I mean, I just feel like we want to pull the trigger on these coaches so fast. I think Peterson's a good coach. It's just a brutal year for Wentz and the offensive line being healthy. Yeah, I think he's a great coach. And you look look at last year, he had no wide receivers. They had they always seem to have an injury issue hit a unit specifically hard in Philadelphia. I think even two years ago it was they had no cornerbacks. The last year was the no receivers. This year, I mean, they just continue to get decimated with injuries and and they don't know, you know, it's it's hard for them to overcome those, but yeah, I think he has got to be staying in Philadelphia. That Super Bowl win, I mean, that has to still buy him a couple more years. I know it's a win now league, but yeah, I I think you got to you got to keep with Peterson there. No question, no question to me, hundred percent with you there. And Danny Dimes, we're seeing it now. As brutal as the Eagles have been on one side, he's resuscitated himself on the other. He was horrific. Turnovers in every game, 1-7 start, 13 total turnovers the first half of the regular season. This week is second straight game without a turnover, Paul. Can, <laughs> can they take this division, and who would you take, Eagles or Giants right now in that division? Uh, 
Well, I don't know. It depends how Joe Judge is uh, feeling after today's scuffle with uh, Mark Colombo at the uh, practice from what I read for the Giants. Uh, so I don't know if that's going to affect them down the stretch or not, especially now they fired their offensive line coach. But uh, right now I'd have to pick the Giants because they're playing better. Wow, that is insane about Colombo. That's, yes. that's a new one. Yes. Uh, yeah. So that could shake things up here, but if there's one thing's for sure, Joe is showing he's the boss. I he's guess. More, he's not messing around in Meadowlands. I mean, he, he put Golden State right in line. Uh, this guy's right out the door here, Colombo. <laughs> uh, he'll throw down. Joe Judge will throw down. He doesn't mind. That's one guy, though, I wouldn't throw down with. Mark Colombo, I remember him, I think, with the Bears, a just big old mountain of a man. I would not throw fists with that guy. No. Yeah. I'm just saying, you know, he's got to stand his ground. <laughs> He's got his quarterback's coach that'll step in if he needs him to, if things get physical. But, look, Joe's at least got to put up a front and, uh, <laughs> and act like the man. Yeah. I mean, he did today, I guess. And, yeah, they fired their offensive line coach. So, I guess that the, he's, he's the sheriff in town. And, you know, speaking of, you know, the offense, the running, the backfield, we didn't know how this thing was going to turn out. We, you know, they signed Devonta Freeman after the Saquon injury. And we thought, well, he might be taking over a little bit. But, you know, he's had some deal with some injury issues once again, which unfortunately has been kind of his M.O. And Wayne Gallman was just still sitting back there. We're not sure if we should start him, if we should play him or what. But he's been pretty impressive here the last couple of weeks. When, when someone starts... Speaking in third-person press conferences, you know they're feeling themselves. And Wayne Gallman, he's gone to third-person. He's putting up numbers, so I I don't completely blame him. The last couple weeks, he's starting to step in, and the touchdown production has been off the chain. Five touchdown runs for Wayne Gallman. His last four outings, the Giants are going on by, but they've got the Bengals coming up after that in Week 12. And Freeman is going to be on IR until at least Week 13 with the ankle, so... Two more matchups, most likely, out of Gallman, but at least one against the Bengals after the bye. More takeaways from uh, Week 10. It was the Rams over the Seahawks. And, man, this was another uh, tough game. You kind of felt it was going to be a little more difficult for uh, Russell here with this one, especially going against that uh, pretty good uh, Rams pass defense. But uh, I didn't think he was going to struggle this bad. This has been three out of four now. I mean, he was clearly the... MVP front runner a few weeks back, no questions asked. Here, I mean, in fantasy, at least he got you 60 rushing yards, got you a little bit there, but second straight game with two picks and no touchdowns at all in this one, Paul. No touchdowns yeah. from Russell Wilson. The Rams' defense is no joke. I mean, in this game, 12 quarterback hits on Wilson. Those 12 quarterback hits, the most for the Rams in a game in five years. And just to show what kind of game it was, Rams cornerback. Darius Williams, as many catches in this game as DK Metcalf. Yeah. yeah. The two picks of Wilson equaled Metcalf. Brutal. Brutal for Metcalf. And it, it was Alex Collins resuscitated from the dead. Yes. Form, started his career there, went to Baltimore. He was out of the league for a little bit, but now back, had the rushing touchdown early. But otherwise, nothing from the offense. Yeah, when I saw that Alex Collins touch, I'm like, wait a minute. He, he's back in the league now? I was like... It's been a couple years, and they're just finding guys off the street, putting them at running back now in Seattle. He's back. His first game since 2018, and uh, they put him right back on the practice squad. What was that, Monday? Yeah, reverted right back to the practice squad. So we'll see. It's a short week going against the Cardinals on Thursday night, but he could be back. We'll see what develops tomorrow. Flexible on him, but probably won't have as much as a role in Week 11. And, you know, I I do have to feel better, though, for – 
Russell going against that Cardinals defense. I think he's going to get right. That first matchup they had was uh, on that Sunday night was fantastic. So I think, uh, you know, if you are a Russell Wilson owner and you're wondering what's going on here, do I have to bench him? I think you're safe this week. I don't think the Cardinals are a good enough defense to see Russell twice in five weeks. And no. not get, <laughs> you know, that's, that's trouble. That's trouble. Yeah. Uh, he did throw two picks against him last game, so I'm thinking with it being Russell Wilson, he's more likely to kind of snap out of that and not have any picks and kind of light it up this week. So, yeah, I'm not going to bet against him again. I'm going Russell. It's it's an expensive bend-up in DFS, but maybe his value is trended a little bit down. A couple bad weeks, three out of four here with, with an interception. And the Rams, I mean, that defense, they continue to get better and better and, uh, you know, you got some impressive stats on them so far. Unbelievable. The second half of games is NFL best four points per game allowed, just 36 total points in all second halves of their games. No one's really close to that. Washington's at like 7.8 points per, allowed, points per game allowed in the second half. So, wow. Buckling down late. We knew what they could do with Donald, with uh, Aaron Donald. Yeah. But they just haven't really developed a full unit around them. They haven't had the depth at linebacker and defensive backfield to make it happen. Uh, I know the young uh, safety wrap just went on IR for the Rams, but otherwise their defense is really exceeding expectations with their first-year defensive coordinator. Now, when we think of the Rams, we think of that Sean McVay offense, but uh, you know, Jared Goff, no touchdowns last week. You know, he had another 300-yard passing game, but they're not really putting it in the end zone uh, that much lately here. No, I haven't looked at it, but I would not imagine their scoring offense is very good. Uh, last couple of weeks, let's see, they haven't been over 24 points in four games. Yeah. But, yeah, th- their identity from 2018 when they reached the Super Bowl against New England, it's quite different. They're actually they're more of a defensive-oriented team. Goffey, like we said, I loved them last week in fantasy. Didn't really pay off without the touchdowns. Had the yardage, but all the touchdowns came on the ground. Two to Malcolm Brown. That doesn't help anybody. And one to Daryl Anderson. So, again, this Rams backfield, what can you do with it? Cam Akers led the team in carries. So, it is just a uh, it's a puzzle week after week. I, I don't know how to decipher this backfield. Well, let's have another backfield that you might not know how to decipher. It's the Colts. And uh, they beat the Titans 34-17. But, uh, you know, it's not Jonathan Taylor uh, taking the uh, carries and getting the big numbers now. It's Naeem Hines who had the huge game. And is that where they're going forward? Because he can catch the ball out of the backfield a little bit better than Taylor. And, uh, well, they were opening up holes for him against uh, Tennessee this past Thursday. Yeah, he was lighting it up. Almost six yards per carry against Tennessee. They haven't been as good defensively as they were last year, of course, but he seems to have the most pop right now. Taylor had some fumble issues here and there, so it could be Hines down the stretch. If We kind of like them with Philip Rivers' style anyway. It's kind of an Eckler-type dude, mm-hmm. but will he get more running work? 13 carries this week, so trending that way. Uh, but, yeah, I think I think Hines, right now, week to week, PPR certainly the highest floor of that backfield. And, uh, you know, another point uh, with the uh, Titans on this game, it was just <laughs> bad punting, and that put them in terrible situations. Trevor Daniel, literally fresh off a gig at FedEx, was working at FedEx the week before. They bring him in. Uh, you got to love it. Yeah. Uh, you love a guy off the street just playing in there because it's like, hey, look at this guy. He yes. can do it. There's yeah. a regular guy out there, but then you're like, oh, yeah, these are all Hercules on the field, and uh, it's a little intimidating. 
Shanks his first punt, seventeen yard punt, Paul. What what are we doing here? Seventeen yeah. yards, yep. and uh, another one blocked. The next drive, he gets blocked, and that was pretty much it. I mean, the game really turned on three special teams plays for Tennessee. They had the terrible punt from Daniel. Okay, Colts go and score. Uh, they have another punt punt blocked. Colts go and score. Tennessee finally gets something going. Goskowski, oh yeah, he misses another kick. Of what course. else? What else is new this yep. year? And the Colts, they put it away with another touchdown. So really, a sequence of three drives there in the third quarter for Tennessee. Good night. You cannot make three mistakes on special teams. And on the Tennessee side of things, I am a Derrick Henry owner, and that John o. Smith touchdown run drove me nuts. They're at the one yard line. You give it to your money back, right? No, they give it to the tight end on a run. It's been one of those stretches here for Henry. I mean, that's not two in a row. If he did get that touchdown, he would have had a pretty nice night. He would have been around 18 PPR points. Didn't blow, wouldn't have blown it out of the water, but would have been better than the 11.9 that he got. Uh, 6.8, under 70 fantasy points, I mean, the week prior to that. So in a bit of a slump here is Henry, just two games, but nevertheless, the number three fantasy back coming into Sunday's slate. So the shows, you know, Henry, he's been rocky here and there, but overall, he's lived up to his, his draft capital at the top there. Still 40 combined carries the past two weeks, so he's going to break through. King Hank, eight rushing touchdowns the first five outings. He's due, so a little rough stretch here, but the work is consistent, and we know the player that he is. Up next, the Packers and Jaguars. This game was a little too close for too long uh, for the Packers. Thought they were going to kind of blow out the Jaguars. Did not happen that way. Jacksonville played really tough in this contest, but again, Aaron Rodgers finding Devontae Adams to uh, help him go ahead for good, and uh, well, it was another good outing for Rodgers. Another three-touchdown performance. That's four straight for him. And another 300-yard performance for Rodgers. He only had four 300-yard games all of last season. He's already at four with seven to go. So super efficient again, 26-3 to touchdown interception. They've got the Colts next week, but uh, I'm not going to touch him on our DFS segment. I've learned not to bet against Rodgers, uh, so I'm going to... Uh, straight away from him. Even in a tough matchup against the Colts here in uh, Week 11. But yeah, very, very close call, Paul. I, I could not believe my eyes that this was a Jaguars lead early in the fourth quarter. Yeah, and, and last week, you know, we talked about that second wide receiver spot on the Packers, and I was like, I don't know about this MVS. Uh, he'll have a game here and there and whatnot, but uh, of course, he then goes off last week for 149 yards and uh, a couple touchdowns. Yeah, twists and turns to that 78-yard touchdown where he caught it down the right sideline, went all the way back across the field and kind of used the referee as a as an yes. extra blocker there. <laughs> you got to love that. You got to love that. And double, more than double, the receiving production of Devontae Adams in this game. So, yeah, there's not a trend going forward, but MVS, a great game for him. Uh, yeah, sure, it fell high if you're interested. Uh, yes. I think that he could have value, but we still got Lazard coming back. Yeah, he's officially he's off. off yep. He had the core muscle, I think. So he's back. I, I don't know, Paul. He MVS, 140 yards and a touchdown. That might be his best game the rest of the way. And those other factors feeding in could could make it so high. Yeah, I think MVS, he, he might be now – you know, back to the two to three targets a game kind of thing. And he could go for the big plays. You know, don't get me wrong, like the 78-yarder, he could get you those big maybe 40, 50 yards, and he may get a touchdown here or there. But I, I think the targets are going to go down, and they're going to go to Lazard and also Adams' way from now on. So 
going to sell high there. Big play guy is MVS. That's what he is, and that's what Keelan Cole was for the Jaguars. Really single-handedly kept them in this game throughout. I mean, he had the 91-yard punt return early in the second quarter. That was the longest in Jaguars history, as you'd imagine. And uh, also a touchdown catch. So in a low-scoring slugfest like this, especially when you're a big underdog on the road. It can take a crazy touchdown like that early to kind of build belief. I think that's what that punt return was in the second quarter that put the Jags up. When you see a play like that on the sideline, you're like, this might work. We're at least in this game. Mm -hmm. So to give Luton and a young team life, Keelan Cold, no doubt the MVP on the Jaguar side. And and you know what? Even though they lost, I was impressed with Jake Luton. His arm was stronger than I thought it was. And there's some passes that I don't think he was going to, you know, have a chance at making and he got it right there to his receivers. So yeah, Minshew mania, I think is done with. And uh, I think they're going to give a look at least for the rest of the way for Jake Luton. I mean, that's two straight weeks. He kept a minute against a pro bowl caliber quarterback. Uh, certainly there's a distinction between Rogers and Watson, what they've done and what they are right now. But nevertheless, both guys who have played in Pro Bowls and Luton, he kept his team right there. Efficient, not make a lot of mistakes. He has an interception in both games, but also pretty clean otherwise. Minshew, yeah. 0-6 his last six starts before the thumb injury. Four of those losses came by double digits. If you're Minshew, do you want to step back in right now? They're playing the Steelers next. No. Nope. If I'm Minshew, I'm like, hey, Jake, take one more week. You know, stay in there, buddy. I'll, I'll be back in week 12. And finally, the Raiders and the Broncos. I'll just turn it over to you on this one. What happened? Oh, horrible. I mean, let's fall. I haven't been super high on this guy this year. I mean, you got to give me some credit. I've been trying yes. to kind of hedge my bets and get the, get the, the emergency side dinghy ready to get <laughs> off the uh, Titanic here and, uh, Another injury, Paul. This is the thing, man. You availability is the best of is the best ability. Mm-hmm. You got to be able to stay on the field. Look at Eli Manning. Look at Philip Rivers. I mean, you got to Matt Ryan out there every week. Locke is always hurt. I mean, bruising to his ribs day to day right now. But we'll see from him. Under fifty percent completion and four picks against the Raiders. And now they got the Dolphins up next. That defense is looking pretty feisty. They shut down Justin Herbert is a lot more explosive than Locke, so we're not really considering him in fantasy, but we're pretty distant from that late, that fourth quarter comeback against the Chargers. I mean, you lose by 25 points in another divisional game, that goes away pretty quickly. And Melvin Gordon, it's just, I don't know what's going on. Are they changing their approach so much that they're not relying on the running game as much? It's kind of strange to say that, especially with Vic Vangio as the head coach. You think old-school defensive guy wants to control the clock and run the ball, but they've been throwing it a lot lately, and I think that's kind of been messing him up. Yeah, it, Gordon, he started really good. I mean, I kind of fell into him in one league, and I just missed Chris Carson. I was like, wow, that is a big downgrade. I really wish I got Chris Carson. I was happily surprised with what I saw from Gordon early, but now it's three straight games with under 50 yards. I don't know, Paul. Are they trying to see what the, I mean, they're trying to win football games. They, they yeah. want to see what they have in their young quarterback. But they're not saying, like, we got to throw the ball up to see what Drew Locke has. Like, we're going to see what he has. Let's just try to win. They've been playing from behind a little bit, especially against yeah. the Raiders here. That killed his, you know, kind of the game flow. Uh, we'll see how he does against Miami this week. 22nd ranked rush defense, but they were really good against the Chargers. So, to me, I'm thinking Gordon is more game flow, but... 
yeah, three straight weeks. It's starting to it's starting to hurt your fantasy team at this point. And on the other side for the Raiders, I mean, Josh Jacobs, he has uh, proven his value, and uh, who knows, by the end of the year, he could be in that top 10 conversation in the draft for next year. Yeah, just steady production throughout. He hasn't had that 200-yard game, but he did have that huge three-touchdown game against Carolina to kick off the season. Here is third multi-touchdown outing of the season, two touchdowns, 112 on the ground, along with 24 as a pass catcher. He had nine or more yards on five runs. So explosive, got him to 5.3 yards per carry against the Broncos on Sunday. And his workload, that's what's going to get him to a top 10 finish. Like you said, he's had 15 or more carries in every game. Sorry, 15 or more touches combined carries and receptions in every game but one this season. And the Chiefs this week, week 11 for the Raiders, that's a matchup he took advantage of the first time around. 85 scrimmage yards, two touchdowns the first time the Raiders and Chiefs met this season. And, you know, they've improved, but still, 28th rush defense is Kansas City. So, good against the Broncos. And going into next week, Josh Jacobs, he's looking like a top 10 back. Up next, let's get ready for week 11, those borderline bruisers and those flex heroes. And we're going to start with the one we questioned off, right? Just get it all with with uh, Drew Brees missing some time. Sean Payton doesn't want to answer the question, but uh, you're liking Jameis Winston in this matchup against Atlanta. They didn't like that he took two stacks last week. They didn't. It was a low workload, but some questions about how he looked. Is he going to work with this offense? Yeah, this matchup all, I think this is a good one against the Falcons. I mean, yeah. they are so far the most friendly quarterback defense in fantasy. And we know who Jameis is. We know, I'm thinking at least, with Peyton, he's going to be a little bit more refined. And also, just knowing he didn't make it at his last stop, he needs to maybe clean some things up in order to make it in the NFL as a starter. I think we're going to see a little bit more of a refined Jameis Winston. But then again, he's still Jameis Winston. <laughs> He's gonna he's gonna be explosive and he's gonna have plenty of turnovers. It worked. It was a formula that worked last year. He was the number three quarterback in fantasy in 2019. Yeah, over five five thousand passing yards, thirty three touchdowns, and the thirty interceptions. Thirty thirty hey, club. We don't care. Yeah, thirty for thirty club. Yep. Thirty for thirty. I mean, we don't care in fantasy and fifty nine hundred in DFS. You could do worse. This is one of only four games this week that Vegas says is going to have an over-under of above 50. So high-scoring game, explosive player, bad defense. Jameis Winston is a good DFS for Week 11. All right, what about Tom Brady? This is a tough matchup against that Rams defense we were talking about. Uh, What do you think of him this week? I'm fading TB12 here. Coming off one of his best games of the season, 31 points against the Panthers after that embarrassment against New Orleans in primetime on Sunday night. It's going to be tougher this time around. We spotlighted them earlier. The Rams, they have a different identity now. They are a legit defense. 20th in scoring defense in 2018 when they were NFC champs. Second in scoring defense this year with Brandon Staley as their new defensive coordinator. Staley actually worked with my boy Vic Fangio as his outside linebacker coach the last three seasons. So pretty interesting resume from him. Staley stepping in as the new D.C. and Brady. He's been hit or miss. He's already had under 15 fantasy points in four different games this season. Certainly had his big games, but just a couple weeks ago had literally two fantasy points against the Saints. He's not going to do that. He's certainly going to do a lot better than two points, but I think he's under 15 in this week 11 matchup against the Rams. So I'm fading Brady against L.A. 
What about Mike Evans? He's open. Um, well, he found that out last week. Brady did go to him a couple times, had a decent game, but what about this week against uh, the Rams' defense for Evans? It's just a package deal here and also the cornerback matchup. So his third-best fantasy outing of the season last week, season-high 11 targets, and that is... As an investor in Evans in one league, is a sign you love to see. Uh, we've had a number of games where he's just not targeted that much, except in the red zone. He's already, uh, right now, he's the 16th ranked fantasy receiver, but only 25th in targets. That shows he's outplaying his coverage a little bit so far. The last three weeks, I will say, have been good 15 fantasy points per game. But Jalen Ramsey, this guy who plays for the Rams, He's a pretty good cornerback, and he may be shadowing Mike Evans for a good portion of this game. He's not targeted a lot. Quarterbacks only throw Ramsey's way four and a half times per game this season. He's giving up a completion percentage around 50%, 51%, and he's only given up one touchdown this year, has Jalen Ramsey. So touchdown-dependent guy like Mike Evans against a tough overall defense and Ramsey specifically, I think we could do better than Mike Evans for DFS in Week 11. Running back, and it's becoming a fantasy rule this year. You start a running back against the Lions defense, and we're going with Mike Davis this week. It is. It's a rule of thumb. He's been hit or miss. I mean, we loved him at first. He, Everybody did. He was killing it. His first couple games, seven, eight catches every game, 20 fantasy points every game. Yeah, the last few weeks he's been hit or miss, but we got to give him a break. I mean, he was playing Tampa Bay, probably the best rush defense in the NFL. He only got 32 rushing yards on a limited script. I mean, they were trailing big by mid in the third quarter, so yeah, that's a bit of the reason why his production was down. Another thing playing in, we mentioned earlier, Teddy Bridgewater dealing with a knee injury, limited today, Wednesday. I mean, either way, if it's a banged-up Teddy Bridgewater that plays or if it's backup P.J. Walker, I think that ups Davis's value a bit. Maybe they hand him it a few more times. Or just like in the short passing game, Bridgewater wanting to get it out or the backup wanting to get it out. I think that he's going to be a high-volume target against literally the worst running back defense in the NFL in the Lions. Hey, P.J. Walker was on his way to winning that XFL MVP with the Houston Roughnecks, so uh, don't discount him. He could put up some numbers this week. Yeah, as you can tell, I was up on my XFL this year. No disrespect. Amy's got (laughs) the Temple tie, played for Matt Rule for the Owls, so we'll see. You never know. I mean, it (laughs) seems like every year, every two or three years, there's somebody, whether it be Tony Romo, uh, whether it be that guy, uh, Tom Brady, we just talked about. Yep. There's a quarterback every couple years that comes out of nowhere. So <laughs> who knows? Maybe it is Walker. Up next, staying at the running back position, Kalen Balaj, an interesting guy here. Again, out of Miami. Now the Chargers signed him, and uh, they've been giving him a lot of work because, hey, they don't have any healthy running backs right now. Yeah, Justin Jackson just landing on injured reserve with a knee injury Saturday. That put Balaj unquestioned into the number one role against the Dolphins. A revenge game, his former team, and he delivered. Uh, Not super efficient, 3.8 yards per carry, but still got you 15 fantasy points with the five catches. Week before that against Vegas, 16 fantasy points. And what you like to see this week against his most recent matchup against the Dolphins, they did have Troy Main Pope active for that game. He was the leading rusher week eight. Didn't matter against the Dolphins. So that's just showing, hey, we have who we thought was our backup here uh, besides Jackson. And no, it, it's the newcomer, Balaj. The last couple weeks, he's been tearing it up. And 
It's another revenge game for Balazs. Played his former team Dolphins last week. Plays his more recent former team, the Jets, this week, who've given up the seventh most PPR points to opposing running backs. Balazs, I think he's in line for 12 to 15 carries and a good flex play here for week 11. And finally, closing out, wide receiver. You're liking uh, a couple options maybe this week. Uh, We'll first start with Justin Jefferson against that Cowboys uh, porous defense. Yeah, this one kind of easy play guy we'd like to spend up for maybe, and one more unorthodox. This is kind of the more straight line play here with Jefferson. We know all about him. Their offense overall was just starting to click on all cylinders. 28 or more points in two of the last three weeks for the Vikings, and that includes Monday night when they didn't do much against the Bears. They got it done, but hey, overall, they are looking much better offensively. And for Jefferson, 10 or more targets, two of the past four games. We know how top-heavy they are with Brad Beebe and B.C. Johnson. They they only throw to those top two guys, so I think he's a pretty safe bet. We know that's not foolproof. He has a couple six, seven-point fantasy games here and there, but the trust is continuing to build, and the Cowboys. I mean, Jordan Lewis, Anthony Brown, Awuzie, they're slowly getting guys back, but I'm still we got to take our chances with this Vikings offense. Yeah, I don't care that McCarthy came off the bye. He, he <laughs> does not scare me, especially coming off the bye these days. Jefferson and that Vikings offense, I like against the Cowboys. And this one here, the YOLO pick. And, yes, this this definitely would be it this year. A.J. Green making a big game against Washington this week? we got to throw one up. I mean, if, <laughs> if you're thinking your DFS lineup – you can make a more balanced lineup, or if you have some stars you really want to throw in and you're desperate at the bottom of your lineup, Green, A.J. Green literally wrote a wire on the lineup optimizer tool the best value of this week, meaning his his price in DFS versus his expected output in fantasy is extremely valuable. Just a $3,600 DFS price for Week 11 is Green against Washington. It's been a lousy, lousy comeback season for him after dealing with that injury that he suffered before the season even started last year. Seven-time Pro Bowler, only 31 catches, around 300 yards this year. But it's just crazy enough at night work. <laughs> they don't care in Cincinnati. They love A.J. Green. They keep feeding him targets through a funnel. Ten targets the last two weeks. And before that, 24 combined targets week six and seven. So, he keeps getting the work. Washington, they are a really good pass defense statistically this week, or all year they have been. But I do think the targets with Green for his price of 3600 is extremely valuable. Plus, you factor in the, the Lions last week had three different guys go for 60 receiving yards and a touchdown against Washington. He's the number three receiver for Cincinnati. I think that since he, they've got this guy Green, this is the week for him in DFS. Good value for A.J. Green against Washington. And finally, to round out this week's show, we're going Week 11 picks against the spread. We both win 1-1-1 this past week. So we're look- I guess we're doing okay, Well, we're looking for improvement this week. I'll take it over my 0-3, Paul. I can't, <laughs> I can't be taking these 0-3s over here. And 1-1-1, uh, one, one yeah. We, we, as long as one of us is above 500, which you are, I'm not as embarrassed about this segment. All right, we'll start off Falcons at the Saints. Uh, the Falcons uh, getting seven and a half in this one? I think it's just too many points. I, I know the Saints are, look, they should win this game even with Jameis back there, but seven and a half, that extra half point for divisional game, and, of course, the COVID season, playing in the Superdome, it's not going to be 
a situation where the Falcons can't hear at the line of scrimmage. They've been playing better ball, Paul. Three and one under Raheem Morris as the head coach. Yeah. I think that seven and a half is just too much, and I like the Falcons to lose, but keep it within touchdown against the Saints this week. And I'm going to be with you on that one. I think uh, the Falcons, Saints, they always seem to play some close games. I mean, uh, they, they go down to the wire and play close all the time. And like you said, that Raheem Morris, I, I like that fact. They have really shown some life at, under him. Maybe I, I know they're going to have a new GM there, so it's probably going to get all overhauled or what. But he's making a case that maybe they should keep him on next year. And uh, I think, uh, you know, with the changes, the Saints at the helm with quarterback position, I think the Saints win this game. But, yeah, I think the Falcons, they keep it within a field goal. I think the Falcons are going to be fine slowing down Kamara on the ground. They're the sixth-best best rush defense this year. But, yeah, Jameis' first game, I think he can put up numbers. But it's going to be a tight squeeze here for the, the Saints. And, yeah, Falcons with the points in division. These division games are always tricky and closer than – anticipated a lot of the time up next the patriots a one-point favorite on the road at houston oh how bad things are going for the texans yeah this is certainly switched over recent weeks this line is bounced all over the place but here come the patriots they've run their way back into this playoff hunt as we mentioned the last three weeks they've established a pace that would be league best in terms of rushing yards per game, over 170 yards. And Damian Harris has been picking it up. Uh, Second-year man out of Alabama, he's been efficient. He's been working in, off injury. And the Texans on the other side, just so bad against the run this year. Literally dead last in yards per carry against, dead last in overall rush defense here. So I think that this is this is the week going on the road in a virtual pick 'em. I do think that the Patriots are picking up steam Paul and they're the smarter play to me, but I'm interested to hear your thoughts. Okay, they're playing they're playing good now. But they always seem to after a couple weeks they reset and the other team comes aboard. Now the Texans last week that was just a an elements game that was terrible to play in, in Cleveland with the 40 the 70 mile an hour winds I think that were blowing during the game and whatnot. I think with this one I'm going to pick the Texans. Um I think they get back on track on, on this one. I think it's going to be a tough game but I I'm going to go with the Texans. They've been playing tougher, kind of like the situation in Atlanta, of course, with Romeo Cornell coming in as the interim with O'Brien out. So maybe they show some spunk with that. So we got a split. We got you going Texans. I'm on pass. Yep. We're both on the Falcons plus seven and a half. This last pick I want to leave up to you, Paul. I've got two games on the plate here. Oh. Do you like either of these games? Do either of these sing to you and say in the neon sign you know i i need you to pick this game paul this is a clear dunk we got the titans seven point underdogs on the road at baltimore or we've got the the lions interesting quarterback situation with them stafford looks like he'll play lions are three point underdogs here on the road at carolina either of those games speak to me paul here i'm staying away from yeah i'm staying away from the lions i'll tell you that because every game it seems like is going down to the wire and it's always a field goal and i don't know man i i can't trust them (laughs) anymore so i'm staying away from the lions let's do titans and ravens and in this one yes give me those titans too many points too many we've seen the Ravens, they, they can't win these games against playoff teams, let alone win by seven 
and cover. I made that mistake last week, taking them seven and a half, and they didn't even win outright. They should win this game. They need to win this game. But, yeah, Titans with the seven, I'd go with that. That's a smart play here in this AFC matchup. Yeah, just like you said, too many points, and uh, this should be down to the wire, probably with a field goal, maybe a one-point win for the Ravens. They come come out in the end, but yeah, I, that that's seven. That's too big, I think. Ravens, you know, Titans will come down, down three, <laughs> and Goskowski will, Blows will it. miss it again. Yes, that's exactly how that game's going to end. <laughs> they haven't been the same without Lawan, but still. Yeah. Titans, too many, too many points. Well, that's going to wrap things up here for the Fantasy Football Zone for Week 11. Corey Smith, again, thank you very much for your time, and uh, best of luck coming up here. Paul, good to be with you this week, man, and best of luck closing it down, getting those fantasy playoffs. Subscribe to the Fantasy Football Zone and give us a five-star rating while you're at it. Follow us on Twitter at DraftToThatGuy. Thanks for listening to the Fantasy Football Zone podcast.